Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. So Logan, here we are, back with the first, what I would call regular episode of 2024, i.e. <laughs> you're back from fucking about with God knows where, Adcock pulled in last week to do some sort of gaming's most wanted standalone for Q1, might do that for Q2, Q3, Q4, get different people on, so you may get another break at some point, or you may be asked to come on if there's anything interesting coming up in that quarter. But you're back. I'm still here. Um, we've got another long year ahead of us. This could be the final year. Because that 10-year anniversary is coming up. And like I said, the romantic in me is like, you just stop on that date and that's it. And don't say a word. Maybe you your face. Well. <laughs> don't yeah, let he... things go on longer than it needs to. No. Move on to the next thing. That's what is... So I'm going to His favourite warn- thing to do is... It's a warning to the audience to pull fingers out of arses. Put Someone in says pocket. a threat. Blackmail. Call it, what you, call it what you fucking like. Pull fingers out of arses or I'll walk away. Nah. Sorry, I've done that before and then immediately within six months been like, hmm, feel like waffling. An itch. Yeah. 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 There's an so, optimum... It's like anything. Like, if you do saying... It, too much it becomes a burden at times like this work you go right well this is a burden but yeah. you take a month off and you go i need some sort of stimulation and it's trying to find the right balance between the stimulation and it being interesting versus the effort and it becoming a chore and it's difficult with a lot of things to find the balance there but um the, ch- uh, the chore for me is chasing round people that's the chore for me. But this you've largely eliminated that for most sessions, being that you're normally around. Um, yeah. But when it used to be Adkins or whoever, it could be anyone, actually, that was mm. massively draining, just trying to get things in line. Yeah. I can do perhaps a Thursday at 9.25 yeah. in three weeks' time. You and then you get to all... 9.26, he's like, can't do it now. That's not, <laughs> yeah. not saying Adkins in particular. It could be anyone. No. I've done, everyone's done that at some point. I've even done it, gone, I forgot about yeah. that. And then yeah, thought yeah, I can't yeah. be fucked now because I haven't been in the mood. Yeah. That was that was that was the difficult thing back in the day. It was just draining trying to schedule it all. That's largely gone, so it makes this easier um, to some extent. But then you could argue there's less effort put in than ever now. <laughs> I mean, half this workflow setup is automated. I don't have to do a thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends, doesn't it? As I say, for me, it's easy because I just rock up. You go, what time? I'll make it happen. I'll go this. You go, yep, yeah. and then. Mm. It basically happens, so it's not a huge amount of effort on my on my behalf. Yeah. And like today, um, it was like the normal time wasn't available. Then the second time wasn't available, but the third time was, and it just again, it just wasn't a, wasn't a hassle, was it? Whereas yeah. that that's terminal with most people's schedule. It's like, well, I see, <laughs> that's your window gone for two weeks, and you think, what's going on there? Yeah, done. That's all you get, but still ain't always easy. Um, as you say, you forget about stuff. Like I meant to text you yesterday saying. Got to drop that kid off this morning because Jody was going for a walk after dropping him off. So I had to do that and come back. And then for some reason, we've got no cat food. I don't know why that's happening. So I've then got to go and sort that out. So as you say, usual slot gets eroded. But um, it's the way it goes. Fortunately, 
between you and I, it's relatively, we both seem relatively calm about being able to find another slot relatively quickly. Mm. This fucking... ain't always the case. No, it's not, but, you know, it is what it is. This mm. running out of things irritates me around the house. Yeah. I'm of the mind as you buy two of everything, toilet roll, kitchen roll, cat food, dog food, diet, mm. whatever, whatever yeah. it is, you buy two of everything. When one of them runs out, you replenish the one that's run just out. gone and then you, yeah. you cycle in the one you had spare and then you never yeah. run out. All you've got yeah, to do yeah. is just commit to that once and it's done. I know with food and stuff, <laughs> it can go off, but the way the animals get through stuff, it's no hassle. No, but I've, I've come back plenty of times. There's been no kitchen roll. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how do I have to take over? Do I have to take another stressful burden on me? Getting ki- Is that my job now? What's going on here? It doesn't. I'm like, the, the cats are going to eat it. So you're better <laughs> off buying more, if anything, because... Mm. You're building up a little bit of a buffer, as you say. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I went out this morning and bought, like, a bumper fucking yeah. pouch box thing. I went, all right, that's that sorted for two weeks. Luckily, that's but... nice and cheap, all that animal food. <laughs> Such a joke, <laughs> honestly. It really is a joke. I mean, I don't know how they get away with it. It's like, the problem is, as usual, and I have this argument for a lot of people, as soon as you start them on that expensive stuff, they ain't going back because no. they know what. It's like if you get given a fillet steak and that's the first thing you'd be introduced to, you go, why am I eating chicken dippers? Yeah. Like, so that's where you get caught out with it. And it then, can cost you as well because they get used to that food and then you get the lower quality stuff in. They go, oh, I've got gut ache. And it's yeah, a trip down yeah. the vets and it's cost you more than what you know a year's worth of the saving would have been. So you just, yeah, yeah it's not, there's no way of getting around it. But. It's a problem. Dim Digital, the Life Problems podcast. It's a new theme for 2024. Anyway, this is your first appearance, I believe, since formally becoming FGL champion. Now, he was on the draft show, obviously, as, as a bonus stage, but the first time you're on the regular episode. Does it feel any different? Yeah. People that haven't had that experience of winning a title of any sort <laughs> in their life will probably be wondering what it's like. And this is the big one as far as the fantasy gaming is concerned. No, I've had a good run of it of late. I don't know whether that's more luck than judgment or whatever it is. I've always kind of been on the cusp, and it's just frustrated me slightly that I haven't kind of ticked that off. I feel like Pep at City, when there's an expectation, yeah. you just go, look, I just want to, I want to get that ticked off and get the pressure. He should have won that Champions League much earlier. I mean, he got it eventually, but that should have been done yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that. So, uh, as I say, I had a couple of... I wouldn't say like compares himself to Pep. That's a bit arrogant, isn't it? Well, <laughs> it is arrogant. Yeah, I'm absolutely not Pep. It's more Ange. Um, it's more Ange. Yeah, definitely more Ange. Um, I'm certainly not a student of of the game, the gaming world. But who is, um, who is Ten Hag? Out of all these characters that Paul, I would say is Ten Hag. Well, they're highly <laughs> thought of but under the liver. Highly thought of in some circles. Most yeah, yeah, Dutch in some circles. And that was yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Biff's like a dash where like, <laughs> consistently does the job, but never will get the big job. <laughs> well, Biff will be coming up later on as we talk through one of the games that's already scored. But um, mm. let's close down that little intro. Box. This is Idle Game Chat, Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast. We're with you most weeks, and this is a bank holiday. Um, if you want to support this, you can. It's patreon.com forward slash Dimp Digital, which is the umbrella not company, but the umbrella brand, I guess. And this is grassroots and completely independent. No affiliation, no budget, just time. And I would say intelligence being touted, but some of the garbage that comes out of both of our mouths 
is questionable at times. But it's hard, it's hard work. Yes. When you're asked to speak every week or so for an hour, you will just eventually spout bollocks. Everyone does. You catch people out. And then you, you go, oh, you said that. And you go, did I? And you really, mm. listen back. You go, I did. And you go, I didn't mean that. Someone's just trying the to... The way that everything you can say is yeah. 100% accurate, true, and consistent. You will mm. drop the ball. Um, the trouble with the internet because every answer is out there. So you can always be checked for any inaccuracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The smallest yeah. minute detail can be can pull apart an entire cohesive argument that's actually filled with logic, but you get the date wrong. It's like, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. And you think, wow. <laughs> get pulled up on the minutia, even though the yeah the, the majority of it is correct. You'll go, they'll go, well, because you said that bit wrong, the rest of it is therefore invalidated. Mm. You go, well, all right. Bit harsh at times, but that's the way it works. I'm not going to complain. Anyway, Idle Game Chat on your favourite podcast app. There's a YouTube version of this if you're listening, where you can actually see our little heads. That was a that's been going a little while actually. It's easier than I mm. thought once we got Discord kind of installed and OBS set up and got all the overlays done. But find us there. Give us a subscribe. Drop us a review if you want. I mean, I don't. I've never. I've never left a review on any podcast ever. I'm sick of reviewing stuff. I knew. Well, do everything I do games. now. Well, no, not even that. I don't even mean it like that. I mean, <clears throat> everything in life now wants me to review it and tell every them how team's well they got. Did. How do we do? Five stars. What was the connection like? Was it, what does it matter? Check your fucking look, diagnostics. Look, you look. You tell me if it's up to snuff. I did the other day, and it really wound me up. I, I think I bought something randomly from somewhere. Like it was completely insignificant. They went, "Tell us how we did." <laughs> I bought a washing machine a couple of months ago. Tell us how we did. Yeah. Well, I got the washing machine. Yeah. Like what? I don't know what people expect. Like you just want all this feedback all the time. Everyone wants fuck it. 360, 365, 360 degree feedback all the time. Do what I've asked. I'll let you know if you fuck it up. I'll complain. If I don't complain, just tick the box. I went to the snooker last year at the Masters in Alexandra Palace. And mm. afterwards they sent me a survey saying, how was it? And it's fine, but the seats are so uncomfortable and so it's so crammed yeah. in there. Yeah. And so I did. I've put that in the feedback form. Did they reduce the attendance number of seats this year? Did they bollocks? Same amount, same problem. I know I'm one person, but no one was comfortable in that arena. Other than the fucking rich fucks that sat in the... There's these sofas you can get where you can just fucking sit there and lounge. Yeah. You get a great view of the table. You get a bar service. How much do you reckon that costs? It's about 500 quid. But Christ. It might even be more than that. In fact, there's a, there's a, there is another there's like a bar as well up and like one of the the balconies, and that was quite mm. expensive. But I don't know. Sometimes I think I might as well just fucking do it. Just deal uh, with the consequences instead of dealing with the yeah. scrubs. Try and pretend like I'm, I'm not. sick of that. You've ever been to the theatre? <laughs> like whatever. Even say yeah yeah. yeah like, I say the yeah. cliffs or whatever. I don't know. I mean, the, I must admit, the worst place for this is the West End. Like, if you go to a West mm. End theatre, like the Lyceum or something like that, some old fucking titter. It's genuinely the worst room. I, I, I have better leg room and more space on an aeroplane. Like, if I went Ryanair, like it's that bad. And I'm like, how how am I being charged 108 pound or whatever for a ticket to sit like this for three hours? It's honestly, it's, it's diabolical. Yeah, it is. It's like you get this perspective of the theatre yeah. being like a, a more sort of like classy or middle class thing to do. And you go yeah. there and you go, I felt like a fucking pauper. Yeah. It was diabolical. And then you get ram raided up the arse for a bag of fucking minstrels or whatever. Don't get water. That'll yeah, be a fiver. Yeah, and this is what I mean. They go, well, yeah, thank you. 
mad, honestly. Anyway. Yeah. That's what that's one reason why I almost exclusively don't go to the Odeon anymore, because those seats in that fucking Odeon in South End are, are awful. Mm. I'd rather drive to Basildon, which I never thought I'd say in my whole life. Yeah. yeah. Go to that Cine World. Mm. Well, I thought they were going under. What happened? Didn't they, Didn't they get saved oh, somehow? I don't, know. I don't really know what happened. Everyone's but... going under. Wilco's gone. Taken off the high streets. If you don't adapt, you die. No, if That's... you don't become a pound shop, then yeah, you you literally die out in these high streets. Any reason? You can't be a jack of all, master of none anymore. W. H. Smith's gone. Woolworths oh. gone. Yep. Wilco gone. You got to have a specialism these niche days to survive. Well, yeah, niche or like. You can expand a bit, but it's like, what are you going to go to Wilco's for that you can't get on Amazon or in another shop that you're already going to? Mm. It's just it's costly. I did like Wilco's, though, I have to say. Yeah. Good to have wandered around there. You find some cheap stuff in there and yeah. Yeah, gone now. So more derelict buildings around South End to be dealing with. So that to High Street going down the pan. Anyway. Let's get into the first bit. No surprise where we're going to start. It's the Fantasy Gaming League update. So already we've got a game score and there's going to be a few more coming thick and fast over the next few editions. Um, Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown. So this is on your team. Mm. Biff supplied you with this particular one. It's in his Grand Prix team. It has to be. It has to be a mm. bit of uh, consistency across the two teams now. Mm. And as we record this, it's currently sitting on an 87, at least when I checked it earlier, yeah. which is a great score to be to be getting in there. I do yeah. want to read off a few quotes that when you were given this game during the draft, this is what you had to say Go about on. it. So I said, Prince of Persia, the lost crown via Biff. Yeah. You went, this is what I feared he might do. Yeah. It was 21st on my list. Yeah. Then you went on to say, if I get an 80 out of this, I'll be happy. Yeah. I yeah. feared he would put this one higher up on his list. So you clearly weren't, yeah. you, the, the word fear has come up twice in those two I do statements. fear him, yeah. Right. So, and last one. Oh, go on. Yeah. I've stuck behind Biff and he's done that to me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. just finally, Paper had to pipe in, obviously. He thought this was hilarious when Prince of Persia was on, on yeah. your team and not his. 26 for my list out of 30, all proud. Yeah. Biff, a broken clock is right twice a day and twice a day was last season for him. <laughs> so... I think there's an element of correctness. This is what I was on... saying earlier about what you say on podcasts is that yeah, yeah. it'll unravel. I stand by what I said. <laughs> I absolutely stand by what I said. And I, when you look through the reviews on here, there's one that have got it right, and that is PC, <laughs> PC Gamer. Game, yeah. 72 out of 100. Right? That is what we're talking about. Is that what you were thinking when this, that was the sort of yeah. area you think that's just low yeah. to mid 70s? It, look, it looked okay. Like, And again, this is where we go back to perspective on fantasy gaming league scores is a 72 is no disgrace like mm. a 7 out of 10 game is a you know it's a good game but what you're always looking for in the fgl is something a little bit niche something like fanboy saying and what people like like i know what biff's thinking with this he wants a prince of persia game right yeah so there's a when he picks some of these picks sometimes, like he did with Assassin's Creed beforehand and things like that. Like there's hopium in it, right? He picks it because he wants it to be good and he thinks it'll be good because that's what he kind of wants, right? Yeah. And it was the same with the Prince of Persia stuff. He's openly wanted for a long time a new Prince of Persia game, and yeah. 
I was doubtful with this, whether this would appease the fans and the critics of what they wanted. Look, you know, credit where credit's due, it has done. Like, mm. I'm happy with an 87 off this. I'll absolutely take it. And, you know, if there was something in it that Biff saw that I didn't, credit where credit's due. But I don't think if he's, if he's sitting there saying he thought this was going to get an 86, 87, mm. it, nah. And I don't <laughs> think anyone thought it was going to, right? So it's, it's a bit like Adkins last year with Baldur's Gate, where all of a sudden comes out all of a sudden gets the fucking um, alpha or beta score wiped out and a new one yeah. put in and it's a 96 and he goes, look how clever I am. You go, well, look, yeah, you've picked a good game. Fair enough. Did you expect it to be a 96? Probably not. Did you luck out with that getting, score getting wiped? And it, Yes, mm. so the stars aligned and yeah. there's a little bit of that that's happened with this, I think. But, but, you know, it's a good score and I'll take it. I'm not going to moan about it. No, I mean, the ultimate egg on the face is paper because he's now 87 points down and he insulted it. You, Yeah, but you paper's can... list. I was listening, when every game that was rattled off that was at the top of everyone else's list didn't somehow make it to the top of James's. No. So is he, he's either an absolute genius or... I don't know about well, that. Or, yeah, well, or the opposite. So I don't know. Obviously, it will all come out in the wash anyway. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, you know, it's turned out to be better than I thought it would and look the simple fact is as well pc gamer are the outlier yeah um you know they're the one that's put on a 72 all the other ones are sort of a lot higher than that so some might argue it's actually dragging down the average for me it is it is i mean ultimately it doesn't matter to you because you've profited from something you, mm. you're probably preparing for your 80 best and you've got a, yeah. something that's close to 90 so you're laughing biff's just wants his credit i think he just wants to pat on the back he's he ain't you know, getting it. He needs a, he's like a Sancho. He needs an arm round. He doesn't need a, an aggressive boss forcing him out. He needs someone to go, look, you're doing a good job. Don't worry about it. Don't badmouth me in the public, though, because I'll get on you. Yeah. You'll be gone. So, Well, look, for every one of these, he's had an ace combat. Like, so this is what I mean. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not like he's got this perfect track record. Like He has got better, and this is why I pick him, because largely... Improvement. He's... He's improved and he's always on the cusp, and that's why I said he's Daesh. Like he, he's he's there doing a solid job, and will never get the the recognition that he wants. But <laughs> I think he even he would have to admit, like an eighty six, eighty seven is probably higher than. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he genuinely thought that. Fair enough. But I don't think anyone else really was looking at that. Maybe going, yeah, upper echelons of. Because I think we said at the start of the year it's going to be a tough year. So I'll absolutely take an oh, 87 yeah, or something like this. Like It's probably going to be one of the top 10, 15 highest scoring games of the year, I'd expect. Yeah, I mean, it'll be up there. And what will happen next is I think the Last of Us, remastered, or Last of Us Part 2 remaster will be coming yeah. shortly as well. So yes. you'll get off to that strong start, which you did last season, and then poor old Parky never recovered. But here's what some of the uh, reviewers think of Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, and why it's sitting on 87 at the moment. We've got Stephen Mills from Destructoid. The glimpses of tedium definitely hamper the experience, but few games have managed to get me so excited just for reaching the next boss. If you're a fan of Metroidvania-style games, or even a fan of fast-paced combat with a focus on boss fights, you'll love this iteration of The Prince. 8.5 out of 10. So he's laying down the gauntlet there. You like your fast-paced combat and bosses you're in, or if you like your Metro Vegas you're in. If you don't like either of those, mm -hmm. you're out. Adrian Burrows. 
from the sixth. Adrian. Adrian Durham from the sixth act. Is he still knocking about? I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> was he on that talk sport or not? Or is he? I don't. I don't listen to it oh, since I stopped driving to work. I didn't have that on, but. Uh, I don't think he is because I think they changed the drive to be mm. some other fella. I think it's like Cundy and someone else now. Is Cundy still there after he? Yeah. Well, not. I'm saying he should have gone, but normally that's it. They can't. Uh, they've got O'Hara, Cundy. I can't remember the other chap. He had long hair. He shaved it off. I think it's gone long again. Can't remember. But anyway, yeah, Durham doesn't appear to be. He's dropped off. I haven't even seen a retweet. I've seen nothing no. from him in years, and it's been absolutely. Gorgeous. Poor old AD. Anyway, the sixth axis. Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown, is one of the finest Metroidvanias I've ever played and a fantastic way to start 2024. Thrilling and kinetic platforming, thumping combat and a vast game world that demands exploration and makes it a joy to do. It's time to kick nostalgia firmly in the unmentionables. This is the best Prince of Persia ever. Nine out of ten. I mean, it's look, the last good Prince of Persia game was probably over a decade ago now. So once you go further back than 15 years, the games that were made then are obviously going to be aged of a certain level. So to mm. say it's the best ever isn't that big a statement, but still, this is what people, this is the general crowd, people are positive, yeah. aren't they? So if you're into your Metroidvanias and your your bosses and whatnot, so this is something to consider, I think. Um, not one for me, especially right now. It'll be tough to squeeze this one in, if I'm honest. Um, Metroidvania games I'm very particular about. I like Metroid, 2D Metroid, specifically. What What, what is that? style I mean, of game then how it, do you describe that everything's what, a fucking metroidvania these days essentially one of the so it's, it's metroid and castlevania slapped together basically um yeah. usually the the kind of i guess the hallmarks of it are like big interconnected map maps that you can you know travel across um that you can explore and mo- most of it actually when you first start is inaccessible um at the beginning and the way in which you explore more areas is to acquire special items or i don't know abilities or weapons or or some sort of knowledge to get past and as you kind of build your repertoire either by Mm. items or knowledge you can then start expanding out across the map and exploring it more so you essentially hit a lot of dead ends during your initial kind of run through and then you'll go back to those areas explore them find new things and it's they have to be quite carefully designed because the, the the flow of where the player can and can't go has to be quite meticulously um, set in stone so you don't break the game and get to places you're not supposed to get to before you've got all the right abilities and whatnot. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's... it's you said that's, the right thing because right. I put it into Google for I'll see if there's a way to wrap that up. And it says, Metroidvania is a sub-genre of action-adventure games and or platformers focused on guided non-linearity and utility-gated exploration and progression. There you go. Yeah. So you've said exactly that without that many wordy... Yeah. What a, lot of, what a lot of games... Not a lot. What many games do these days. Something like Star Wars, Jedi, Survivor. Um, that has Metroidvania elements in that you can't access parts of that map until you've unlocked a new lightsaber yeah. or an ability and that was actually there in fallen order as well so 
whilst they're not considered Metroidvania games, that's not the core component of it. A lot of games borrow that part, that kind of gating off. Yeah, yeah. And so you can come back and do stuff. So it's yeah, it's one of those, one of those genres that typically over time has been stolen off mostly and a lot of games yeah. use it in, in their elements. But yeah, I was going to say, it feels like that's a relatively, not like a core element of the gameplay, but it's relatively common in, in a, I wouldn't say a lot of games, but... No, Even yeah. in like Spider-Man and stuff, there's certain things you can't do without certain abilities and it gates you off to... Yeah. Even though it's an open world and things, it'll go, no, you need to do this quest or do that. Like, yeah, it's, it, it's the classic one, it's, it's this thieving, I mean, from different genres, is, is RPG. Like every, Everything's yeah. an RPG yeah. now. Like You can put stat yeah. points... Like you said Spider-Man, you can put stat points into, into him and choose your path ultimately you can get all the points and that so it's not quite but you know that wasn't it used to have very separate delineation between genres yeah. where you wouldn't get that in an action game for example you wouldn't get that in an open world game like gta would just be the open world action game whereas as time's gone on with that you can even increase your stats you know san andreas famously introduced you know you could work out and increase your yeah, strength yeah, yeah. And, switch. Like, and all this stuff sort of blends in which is good because that not everything's got to be in its fucking separate silos. Yeah. yeah. Borrow the best bits, and if it works for your game, put it in. But mm. yeah, yeah. yeah, The Lost Crown, Prince of Persia. Any interest from you? I mean, this doesn't really seem like up your alley, but I mean, as a Metro, as a Metroid vein, like a pure one, like this sound appealing. Mm. Just give um, it a go maybe one day. I think if it dropped onto like Game Pass, I'd be intrigued in sort of just giving it a go. Because sometimes. It looks like a, it's a two and a, it's like a two point five yeah. D sort of game, isn't it? So it looks it looks sort of semi interesting. Whether it would sort of pique my interest to the point where I'd want to complete it, I don't know. But sometimes these things do. Like mm. I'd probably say I've played some games over the past few years. I wouldn't typically say a my sort of bag, but yeah. I've sort of played them and completed them and enjoyed playing something different. So, you know, I don't ever rule anything out. No. Basically the only thing I do rule out is horror. And things yeah, like that. I'm just like, it ain't, it ain't gonna be, ain't gonna be played. Not gonna get you playing Alan Wake two then? No, no, absolutely not. Despite the good offer that was available over Christmas, but uh, yeah, don't rule it out. But it won't be saying that I'm immediately gonna sort of pick up and play. What I will say is on Game Pass, there's probably about thirty Metroidvanias on there now. Yeah. Maybe not as good as this, but there'd be ones that are close. I would imagine. Like there's some really. Mm. Like if you ever wanted to try one, you could just you could probably just put that into the the tagging system they've got. I think they might them. have like a, a class or a genre. In if they haven't, they're class. stupid. They should have. It yeah. should be something you can just add in. It'll pop pop, pop them in. But yeah, mm. well there you go. You're off to a good start. 87, and Biff will be laughing at that for his Grand Prix team. He's off to a, a good start as well. Not really much to discuss in terms of movement in the tables because it's the first game of the year that's been scored. So mm-hmm. can he complain? And Biff. Maybe he'll get his credit at the end of the year if he can produce another 87 for you. Maybe that'll be the pat on the back. And I don't remember like, yeah, good lad. what his other game is for me. I've got it don't right remember. here. It is... Oh, wrong slide. Rise of the Ronin. Or the Ronin. Yeah. I think that, that was on my list. I think that's got potential, but I think there's some question marks over it. So be interesting to see whether yeah. he can pull out another 85 plus on that. I mean, it's not... It could happen because I still think this looks so much like Neo and Neo 2 and mm. in, that, in that spirit that if they just 
get the base right, they'll get that as a minimum. If they mm. do try and broach out to more casuals like me, that's where they could fall in some trappings because then the purists will be like, well, it's too easy. So it's not, it doesn't, doesn't tick our box. And then I might say, well, it's, now you've reached out to me. I want all these casual, sh- all this casual yeah, shit. Yeah, ain't yeah, there. Yeah. And I'm like, well, not, not good for yeah. me either. So that would be my concern with it. If they stick to one of the lanes and go for it, I, it's a bit more of a casual game than I anticipated. That could work. Or if it's like Neo, where it's pretty hard, and those that like the Soulsborne style games and the the imitations of that, I think they'll they'll do well. But always a concern, though, isn't it? I think we discussed this a little while ago around the imitation yeah. Soulsborne games. That they can be a bit hit and miss. Yeah, on the review <laughs> side, certainly. Yeah. yeah, even like Lies of P, that got like low eighties, yeah. which is good. But then I think mm. the Lords of the Fall, and that was that was pretty poor. There's there's, there's been a number of those that haven't stuck, but Team Ninja and Koei Tecmo and Neo did. That was one of the highest scoring ones. And many say harder than what From Software had been producing. So depends what they're going to go for. But I've got my eye on that just as a as a little sneaker maybe if it doesn't mm. turn out to be fucking ridiculously hard. But we'll see. Biff could, in theory, get you an 87 and a 90 potentially. and then Yeah. Well, if he does, I will sit here and go... Good lad. Can he argue with that? Good lad, yeah. Pat him on the back. Absolutely. Right. The Dice Awards. I've got (sighs) the nominees out, okay? I've taken this from VGC, this little blurb. The Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences has announced the nominees for next month's 27th annual Dice Awards. A total of 56 games released last year have been nominated across 23 award categories with the full list republished below. We're not going to read the full list. Spider-Man 2 is in the running for nine awards ahead of Alan Wake 2 with eight awards, Baldur's Gate with seven and Cocoon with six. All four titles are up for the coveted Game of the Year prize alongside The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which received five nominations. The Peer Juried Awards show will take place on the 15th of February at the Area Resort in Las Vegas, Nevada. And here's just a quick rundown of those five games, Game of the Year. Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cocoon, Marvel Spider-Man 2, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. A very solid list there. Cocoon will be surprising people, but I know a lot of people enjoyed it. I played through it, thought it was pretty good. Don't want to talk about that necessarily. I wanted to mention it, though, because I feel like it's important that the DICE Awards and GDC get mentioned, because if we... Let's talk about these gaming awards shows. Mm. We had the Game Awards last year for 2023. I mean, it's roundly criticised every year for various things. My big one is just the obvious... You're putting that awards show before the year's ended. Yep. So you're, not, you're not even trying. I know it's like one or two games that miss out, but I really want Nintendo to put like the best Zelda ever on like December the 15th just to fuck that entire thing up. Because I bet mm. you they would bend the knee for that <laughs> and then eventually they'll just do it in January. Maybe, well, I probably wouldn't, but... Anyway, that, that annoys me. But th- this past year's one, criticisms come from rushing the developers off during their speeches so they'll be up there and then they start playing the music after about 30 seconds and there's this, there was this little sign up you know that you couldn't see from the tv but they could see saying please wrap it up that would come up like on like behind the behind the crowd um i think they were all given guidance beforehand to say they've only got 30 seconds to do your kind of acceptance speech which is fine but they spent a lot of time kind of doing other stuff like 
showing off Kojima's game. He was up there for about eight minutes talking about a, just the title of a game. And Jordan Peele came out and said, oh, I'm collaborating with this. So this is all this big ha-ha, look, this is going to be a great sort of collaboration. We got a skit with the Muppets in there for about five minutes. Um, and then the high, I'll say what the high profile kind of Hollywood people they'd got in to present the awards mm. rambled, but they, they got more than 30 seconds just to do a little comedy set at the start. So all this kind of annoyed people because they're like supposed to be a celebration of the games industry and the makers and whatnot. And the fact that this is also a marketing for, for new and upcoming games that takes up a lot of time as well. In fact, it's the majority of the show, the general feeling is that this particular award show has the awards kind of down the totem pole in terms of priority mm. it's the name of the show but in terms of the priority of what's shown it clearly isn't and not to mention that everyone moans about who ends up getting nominated and who doesn't that's just a standard kind of thing that seems to happen now there are alternatives we just mentioned dice you've got the gdc choice awards which will be coming up soon as well um, but these are kind of what people claim to have been asking for, which is where I get a bit puzzled. The, mm. These shows are designed just to celebrate the previous year's highs. Now, I've sat through and watched these shows before, GDC and DICE, and look, they're dry as fuck. They're what you, they are what you would expect. You know, not very entertaining, but this... This clamouring for what people claim for, which is they want the sell, they want to give the devs the the platform to speak and you know pat themselves on the back. That's what this does. But it's not very exciting. It's not very really newsworthy. There's no. a load of people coming up there thanking their families and you know thanking mm. the fans and then sitting back down generally. Mm. And that's my question or my problem with this entire generalisation and conversation that's been going on is that everyone's asking for the game awards to change and do what it's not designed to do. Like they want it to be a square peg in a round hole. It's, it's clear by now that this is designed for maximum exposure. You know, you get Hollywood names in to do the, you know, some, some of the award presenting, you do lots of marketing to get eyeballs. It's, it's, it's a, it's a glorified game showcase at the end of the day, which they know people tune in for. It's not designed for the purity of the celebration of the, the video games of that previous year. And let's be frank, if that Game Awards didn't have all that fluff, didn't have the celebrities, didn't have the pomp, the circumstance, then the vast majority of these moaning bastards wouldn't tune in or talk about it. Would they? Because it ain't exciting. It ain't going ain't gonna to drive any engagement. It's not going to drive any clicks. It's not. There's nothing to say. There's nothing new to talk about because every time people talk about the Game Awards post, it's always about, oh, what new games were shown off? Mm. It's never, oh, well done, Baldur's Gate, for winning Game of the Year. They might do that for five minutes, but you look at any podcast that they review it for, they spend, us included, the vast majority of time talking about all the new stuff. doesn't drive any interest, does it? Outside of Enthusiast Circle. Mm. Yeah, but I think that's the same for a lot of things. Like... <clears throat> Once thing's done, everyone wants to move on to the next thing hmm. um, and see what else is coming out and look at the new shiny thing. Like, I think that's just human nature. Um, yep. So I don't know how you get away from that. I think the biggest problem is there's too many awards. <laughs> like there is, though, isn't there? Do you mean it's, do you mean too many? Just like is in a, different award shows, or you mean the Game Awards has yeah. fifty awards that they're given out on their one show, and that's too many? It's not fifty. Both. It's a lot, but. 
Both. We could set up our own award show. Like there should be, because you got the you got all the you got about two that end at the at the end of last year. I don't know all the fucking different names of it. And then you've got another one this year. It's just like whenever you go through, it's the same with any award show though. Like like the mobos and the whatever it is for the other or the music industry. And you've got the um, the TV one. You've got the Golden Globes. You've got the Bafta's. You got yeah, yeah, Bafta's, You got yeah. all this. You've got all this stuff going on all the time. Who tunes into that anymore? Right? They go, oh, it's Oscar winning. You go, great, I'll watch it. Like, but you don't care. It's good. You don't, you're not sitting there hoping that a film gets it and sort of tuning into it on a Saturday night. No, I, 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 um, I agree. And I think it's weird as well in the games industry that they use it as an opportunity to almost market new stuff. Because can you imagine watching the Golden Globes and there was like a 15-minute section on a new film? You'd be like... Going on here. Just doing here. Why is that here? Yeah, I find it a bit of a weird thing to do. But that's why I think um, people should look at the Game Awards and you know what it is. It's not the Game mm. Awards. It's the Showcase Awards that have awards mm. attached to it. So it's the showcase of new games and upcoming games. With, mm. with the, like, I we can't all, bear we, any of it. I no, can't bear well, any of the awards. I can't bear any of the showcases. Three and a half hours. Just, it's all full of bullshit. And every time you come out the end of it with relatively little insight or information as to what the new thing is. And it's always like this big, like, glamorised, like, keynote speech. Is it like yeah. all the, even... You can pull this back to all the Apple Keynote stuff, Google, Samsung. See all this self, All this shit is just marketing toss yeah. that I don't need to listen to. Um, and it's like... that. I feel like there's a, there's a place for all the marketing stuff, and that's all within the... Nintendo Directs and all this sort of stuff like does that fine? Like, why do you need it in an award ceremony? Like, mm. it's because people make won't it fucking tune about, in otherwise. They're not gonna, but it doesn't have to be people tuning in. Like, if it, if if I was to get an industry award for mm. my efforts in my field at work, I wouldn't. My focus wouldn't be on making sure there's a load of people watching that. Like, mm. I would feel like I've done it for me. Yeah. Like so, why does the industry not do it for for developers, producers, and and those sort of guys? Like that, that it means a lot to them mm. because their blood and tears and sweat have gone into it. So but that's I find what, it a strange thing to do. That's what Dice and GDC are, though. But what it is is that people that are watching, like mm. us on the outside, potentially, are complaining that the Game Awards isn't that pure celebration. My argument is you wouldn't fucking watch it if it was that, because you don't. Yeah, You don't I even agree. talk about dice and GCG. You're talking bollocks. You don't want what you're asking yeah. for. Yeah. You, If that didn't have the fucking Hellblade 2 fucking gameplay showcase, you'd have gone, that's a shit show if it was just them going up there talking. Yeah. And you're probably right. It's not very entertaining, but it's not no. for us. No, exactly, yeah. You are bang on, yeah. It's exactly that. It's not for entertainment purposes it's no. not for the viewer it's for recognizing industry achievement and if you truly care about that yeah. then cover the dice and gdc in the same amount of vein and you know mm. effort it's money you, it'll of be course. money because they'll been paid to, to, wow. to do that and you know all of the celebrities they get on will have wanted a certain amount of time for their own publicity and for their own words and that kind of stuff and they they sort of go oh okay then and then all these <laughs> Developers that are not any real sort of big name or noteworthy, or they'll just go thirty seconds and get off. Like mm. it's, 
yeah, it's just a, it just becomes this huge sort of like marketing and PR yeah. publicity circus that is just not fair. You know, when you look at a game like Baldur's Gate 3 that's absolutely blown everyone out of the water and everyone's going, this is the new way to be doing this. Yeah. Like, and then not getting their five minutes of recognition or whatever is, yeah. you know, I think that's that's the shame is that, you know, they've obviously put a lot of time and effort into producing something they're rightly proud of. Don't get me wrong, it's done well commercially as well. They haven't done it for charity, but <laughs> they've produced a great product and they should be commended for it. And... Mm. You know, I think it's a shame that the, the 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 place that they do that is then shrouded in money, marketing, and PR. Well, that's why I don't think they should. People should be so annoyed about it. Like they're going to get that if they win at Dice or GDC, they're more than likely going to get that opportunity to do that full speech in front mm. of their peers, voted on by people who have been helping make and develop the game. So it means more than the media people that are doing the game awards. Yeah. So what is it? What is it? If if we all accept the Game Awards is a marketing show first, then what the hell does it matter that the speeches and that are cut off? Like I don't see. I understand you want to improve it in some way, but it's just never going to be what people want it to be. And you already yeah. have that alternative there. You've got two of them, and we could argue we've got three of them because we sometimes cover the Baftas, and that's generally not built around marketing or you know celebrity appearances and things like that. It's done there just to recognise people. These. Mm. This pure kind of celebration is already out there for people, but they just choose to not look at it or cover it because it simply isn't as exciting. It's not as sexy as the Game Awards because it won't have anything interesting to say other than, oh, Baldur's Gate 3 won, and they spoke for five minutes about you know, the, the development cycle, and that was it. Not, oh, they've released a new fucking video game that's, that's fucking dropped there, and then the finals trailer was awesome. Like, there's, They have to be separate. I don't know why people take the Game Awards so seriously and then complain about it not being pure when there's two sitting there that have been doing it for, what's it, the 27th year they've done the Dice Awards. It's like, cover that if you care that much. If you really care about the purity, spend one hour Mm. of your show, your podcast, whatever your voice is, talking about that. But you won't because it's boring to us. It's as simple as that. Anyway. Really goes back up. Yeah, passion. <laughs> what would be the optimal award show? Who should vote on these things? We're going to build one. Because I don't think there should be any media yeah. involvement. It should be peer voted. So it should be what DICE and GDC do. You know, it's people from the industry that build yeah. the games and invited from each company, perhaps. But I don't like this I idea of I, these, these yeah, fucking low yeah. lives media getting involved because... I don't be, I've read, we read some of the garbage that comes out of their gobs every week on these games, and you think, well, if they're having a say, then I might as well have a say at this rate. Yeah, no, you're exactly... Their, their opinion is no more valid than yours, really. <laughs> oh, like, I, in I know that. They're, all, they're always wrong compared to me. I know that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think if I, if I had done something, if I produced a product, you know, you want your audience to like it but more so than that if it doesn't resonate with the audience for some reason but everyone in your industry is going that's really great it's just unfortunate like for whatever reason i think that means more right because they're yeah. the ones that that they've got a deeper understanding of the craft yes. yeah that's why yeah, the yeah, Oscar, exactly. it annoys me when it, oh, it really bugs me when i see an article from ign going the game awards 2023 upcoming the games industry's version of the oscars i'm like it's not 
It's not the Oscars. It's not peer voted. That's the whole point of the Oscars. It's voted on by their peers, not fucking mm. you. You daft cunts. Yeah. You're not the. You don't vote on the Oscars because you're not involved. The media oh, does. I just want to they're, say that, doesn't it? Because it's yes. like the ultimate championship. Yeah, yeah well, we're just... we're on the we're on the board of the Game Awards, which is the gaming's equivalent of Oscars. Like it's not. Stop saying that. And the reason why they say that is because it's the most high profile one. That's what they mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, only, yeah. As I said, the only reason it's high profile is because it's fucking littered with trailers and showcases and marketing of the fucking mm. Muppets. So we agree it's peer voted. That's good. I'm assuming we're saying no trailers, no marketing affiliation whatsoever. That's completely gutted. I don't want people up there selling their next game. We don't want that cash coming. Even if it means that we can't get, I don't know, someone famous in like Dermot O'Leary to host it. <laughs> We haven't got the money for that. Yeah, be, does he still do that gig? I don't know. He must do. I think so, yeah. Last I saw him, he was on this morning. So oh, the Graveyard. Um, yeah, the graveyard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, you don't, want to, you don't want it to become a great big PR event. Mm. Like, I think that's the worst thing because you want it to focus on what people have done, yes. not what is upcoming from others. Yeah, I agree. That's really the only points we've got. I think that's it. I don't think it's got to be any more complicated than that. That's yeah. kind of, that's, I'm not saying GDC and DICE are perfect, but you can read through who's on the board of mm. most of these and the process and decide for yourself whether it's good or bad. But I tell you, it's a shite sight better than sending off opinions for these various media outlets. And um, if you want your purity, get up your fucking streaming YouTube on February the 15th and watch the DICE Awards and then come mm. back and tell me about how exciting that was because just be honest with yourself and you can admit it wasn't and then you can you understand why you're always talking about the fucking game awards sick of it anyway we'll have this again when GDC do their nominees do a yeah. rerun see if the audience notice right close down this episode with let's talk yeah. gaming resolutions okay so this is more about how we plan to tackle this year won't be as busy, I don't think. I want to know if there's anything in your locker that you're planning to change because you've been on a bit of a journey anyways trying to play different mm. games that you hadn't previously necessarily got involved with. I think you've enjoyed that process mostly. Mm. Um, I'll start just to give you some time to let that brain warm up and think about what he could do or maybe yeah. even continue from last year. But I've got like a little roadmap I put up or put out. I've got a little spreadsheet. Mm. I just want to commit to that roadmap now. And not be beholden to the release date. So here's an example. I'd be playing something two weeks out. Mm. There'll be another game coming that I wanted to play on day one. Let's say it was Spider-Man 2. Day, that's coming out and I'm playing fuck, let's say I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3. What would happen was I would never finish Baldur's Gate 3 in time. And therefore I wouldn't play Spider-Man on day one. I wouldn't buy it. I'd wait until I finished Baldur's Gate 3 four weeks later. And then I'd say, well you know what, I'm not going to play Spider-Man because I don't feel like I should be paying full price for it because it's not day one anymore. Mm. So I'm going to remove that ridiculousness from the process. And if I can't play the game on day one because another project is overrun, I will just buy it and have it there waiting so I'm ready to start then. Rather than going right now, I'm finger up arse, just picking something random out the air. I want to try and yeah. commit to what my plans are. And obviously I'll keep in mind that, you know, if there's any big blowers, technical issues, or the game's just a mess, mm. then absolutely I'll, I'll pivot. But 
I'm going to look to buy the game day one, just have it ready if I need to, or if it's on a subscription service, obviously I won't have to do that. Um, that mm. might mean I don't play that game for a couple of weeks until I finish the, the current game because uh, I've left things too long before and then never gone back to them and then regretted it. It's the reason why I thought I was going to play it on, and got excited for it and I should just try and commit to that. So we'll see how that goes because I will be looking at those sales thinking I could just wait three months for the summer sale and hope it pops up. But mm. if I've already got it, it's out of my hands. I've done it. And I can just play it as soon as everyone's finished. Yeah. That's what I'm going to try and depends. Do. <clears throat> I think it depends on what sort of year you've got. Because if we look at last year, when there was a lot coming out, a lot to play, like it's costly, especially these days with £70 yeah. games on release, right? So I think I think that's the right attitude to take. It, you've got to look at it and you go, how desperate am I, am I to play it? And I think sometimes you can fall into a trap of just playing something because it's current as well yeah, when you're not absolutely. 100% into it. So there's, I think there's a lot of factors you've got to take into account. But if you know there's something that you're going to want to play imminently, I think you're right, yeah, just buy it and play it. Um, you know, obviously if you can afford it and you are capable, I'm not saying you're poor, but I'm saying oh. generically speaking to the audience as well, if there's something you know Fuck you want on. to play, buy it, have it there and play it when you're ready. I think that's the right thing to mm. do. Don't be dictated by... It's why I don't like the subscriptions because it kind of dictates to me what I should and shouldn't be playing. Got to mm. make use of it. I want to just take back control and be like, no, I've, there's a yeah. reason why I've decided this. That's mm. what I'm going to do. So, so for example, Q1's basically sorted for me. <clears throat> I got Cyberpunk 2077 plus that Phantom Liberty yeah. um, expansion, which is built in. I think it's called the Ultimate Edition. I've been so I've started that. Then we've got Persona 3 Reload coming early February. Late February, we've got Final Fantasy. Seven Rebirth. That's that'll take me through to March, through the end of March, I think. So that's what I'm penciling in. If that means Cyberpunk, I finish mid February, and I don't start Persona Three until mid February, and therefore I don't get to Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth until mid March, then that's fine. Whereas previously, I would miss the kind of release for Persona Three Reload, find mm. something else in the interim to play, then go to Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth Day One, and then never go back to Persona Three Reload. Whereas Mm. Now it's kind of like if it needs to be pushed back, it does. It's not the end of the world mm. trying to get in that zeitgeist day one. You can just be sitting there waiting. No skin off my nose. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Anything from you? Is it Metroidvanias ahead? Are you going to try and play five Metroidvanias over the next year? I don't... I don't know. I just think my... Stop playing that Destiny! Hmm? You've got to stop playing that Destiny. That could be one. Give something um... up. I think my no, I mean I think basically I used to kind of be dictated by what other people were playing, like what multiplayer games people are playing, all that kind of stuff. Division DLC. Well, I do need to be forced through that. I do, and then it's fucking consigned to the bin, and so is that Xbox after that. I think. (laughs) Um, But basically, I'm just going to play whatever I want to play when Mm. I want to play it, and I think that's that's pretty much a continuation of you know, where I've been in the past sort of year or 18 months. Um, you know, I've I've given Warzone or the latest Warzone a gun. It just hasn't, it's just not, I've just got no real interest in doing that cycle. Do you have people squabbling off you though saying, oh, jumping on Warzone, you're like... No, yeah. there's no one. It's kind of just like, I mean, years ago, it used to be a case of getting there first before the parties fall. Nowadays, there's always... <laughs> 
Like you got a few like people frozen out. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, but the thing is, it's kind of like even if it was like that, I'd just shrug my shoulders in and play something else. Like, I'm really, I'm really bored of that. I think is a way to put it. So mm. there's nothing that's kind of like topical in that sort of multiplayer space. I've kind of got the luxury of being able to play different things if I want to. And yes. I think that's pretty much where I am. I mean, I've been, I've committed to my brother that he's been on at me for ages to play RuneScape with him. Um, <laughs> so I've kind of been dragged into that. But it's not, you know, I've, I've kind of dabbled with it a bit in the past and it's kind of an interesting introduction to mm. an MMO RPG style game that I haven't really got that heavily into. So putting a few bit of time into that still a bit of rocket league bit of destiny um spider-man's lurking started super mario wonder so that's um that's underway so it's basically playing a few different bits gonna try and do a few different nights a week of playing something different and just see what crops up and play stuff when i fancy playing it and if i don't fancy playing something i won't play it and i think that's pretty much what division two dlc yeah, I don't want to play it, so I ain't playing it. Like, it's, 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 oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, but if I had you, you bought going, it for me. I know, but I didn't expect it to be as shit as it is. wasn't that bad, was it? It was. I, I don't know whether it's just because we played We've, it hot, hot on the tails. We're done with but it. It's just a bit shallow, isn't it? Mm. It really is shallow. Like, it's not what I was expecting in terms of like change of environment. The fact that you can't. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's a completely separate world where you're sort of completely isolated off of everything you've just done. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's it's probably one of the most disappointing DLCs I've ever played. Not kicking to gear when we get to the back end of it. We're over halfway through it. It's Yeah, I know. It's yeah. four hours left, I reckon, in my head. Yeah, yeah. I reckon it's something like that. I don't think there's a lot. No. Um, but so yeah, I'll, I think... I'll force like, that issue. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, to be honest, that's the only reason I think why this Xbox is still sitting here is because that's on it. <laughs> And then once that's done, that's good riddance and um, <laughs> goodbye. F- firmly away from it. But yeah, so I think overall, it's just a continuation of where I've been. I'll just see what intrigues me as and when it crops up and play some stuff when I fancy it. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think more people could do that and not get snarled up in these day one discussions. It's tricky. And- it's, it's not ideal. Like That approach absolutely wouldn't work for you where you play way more stuff than I do, I think, that, that requires... Um, like, I can jump... A lot of the stuff that I play, I can jump on, play it for a bit and jump off, and then mm. like, it's, it's it's very um, stop-start in nature. Like, yeah. A lot of the online stuff, Destiny, you can jump on. Like, like Anything I'm playing, generally, I could just jump on for a bit and jump off, whereas you tend to play stuff that requires... A bit more continuity and um I don't, I don't know if they necessarily require continuity, but I just that's just the habit I've got into is just starting oh, yeah. something and finishing yeah. it because I just lose track of the amount of times I've gone yeah. back to a game and I can't remember the buttons and what's yeah. happening with the story. Like that's what I used to do. I think that's why going back to DLCs hard. I mean, I've been yeah. on that for fucking months now, but that's why they're difficult when they leave such a big gap because mm. you kind of get into it and you're like, I'm rusty as fuck here. I don't know what's what's occurring. Um, yeah, I agree. So I, I, I think just it's to... better to play stuff like that. Like, but then if you, I was playing I've... God of War, you play God of War. Yeah. Like... Yeah. I mean, Adkins is the opposite to me now. He just buys and plays 10 hours of this, 5 hours of that, mm. 15 hours, 60 hours of this, and it's still not... It's like... That gives me just 
crippling anxiety thinking about all that. Yeah. I, it, the thing is, I think we've said before, like, I'm quite happy if I don't like something You've just to bin it. Um, and, you know, I think it's, you know, I, I tend to, when I buy games, mm. I'll buy, unless they're really awful, I would buy it and play it. Like, there's games that yeah. I buy, I know I'm going to want to play and complete. Like, I like completing games, but there's some games where I'll just go, I just want to mainline it. Or there's some games yeah. where I'll get into a little bit of the side stuff. And there's some games like Assassin's Creed or something where I'll do, I'll pick a load of the stuff that I do want to do and leave the shit that I don't. And yeah. I'm always comfortable with doing that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm fine with whatever approach I want to take. Um, and I'm also okay with leaving something for a while and then going, right, I'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, it's just, it just depends on your approach, but I couldn't sit there and just play five out, buy something, pay 70 quid, play five, six, seven, eight, ten hours, and then just leave it. Like, mm. he always used to be a completionist, which is what's interesting. Yeah. Oh, he does, to be fair to me, he does get back to them usually. Mm. Like, yeah. he, he will eventually get back to them and, and do them. But I just, I've done that for years and, you know, just mm. stopped because I was like, I don't need to be. Also, if you look at the cost benefit, like you're just buying stuff that's rotting yeah. for months, if not years, and you could have just bought that mm. the following year for half the price. But even yeah, yeah, even yeah. games I'm not enjoying, quote unquote, yeah. I think at a base level I still am. Like there's just something about picking up a controller and doing something in any game, no matter how mm. bad it might be, that's just still fascinating to me. So even if I'm like, this is fucking cack or whatever whatever it might be, mm. the fact that I'm still playing a video game is just enough for me to normally get through it. It's this weird like baseline enjoyment. I mean, there would be exceptions. Like, if it's really like God awful, kept crashing, technical yeah. things like that. But then that's why mm. we've got these reviewers out there hopefully tipping us off so we don't get snarled up in those ones. But like, we're out the toss. Yeah, the what, what's toss. considered mm. a bad game? Like a classic example was Callisto Protocol, considered a bad video game, boring, dull, you know, linear, yeah. all this sort of stuff. But I was like, I'm having fun just interacting with this this product, and that was it. That was enough. I think sometimes, like as you say, sometimes I quite like. I've said this before about like Call of Duty. There's something about a simplicity sometimes to a mm. game that don't resonate with a reviewer or a critic that resonates with a with a player and sometimes it's that rawness and the the, you know sometimes it can get boring i think there's a a right length to things and all that kind of stuff plays into it but sometimes i feel like those sort of games you can sort of zone out a bit it requires 80 percent, 70 percent of your brain power and effort like and i think i quite appreciate those games where i don't have to really think about it or play mm. it in a certain way to get to an ending. And I think sometimes those games don't resonate with the critics as well. But as a gamer, you still appreciate the the, the gameplay and the environment, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, like I said, Destiny it's... is an example, right? I was yeah. playing Destiny the other week and I just looked around. And I went, this environment looks really good. Yeah. Like, like, and it doesn't ever get any credit for how good the environments look. Everyone just craps on it for its story or whatever it is or its mechanics, its content. But sometimes it's just nice to be in a game and just go, oh, this, I like this. Like, this looks really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think that's, an, that's something that we sometimes forget. Yeah, I agree. The trouble is with the, the review process is that they're, they're also there, I'd say, by their own arrogance as like a – Mm. a consumer advice product is it worth the money mm. being paid type angle which yeah. uh, is fine but 
I still think time invested is more important than money invested to, you know, without the few exceptions that rock up, you know, 600 pound game pops out. That's obviously a different conversation, but generally, you know, mm. if you can afford to, to buy it, pick the stuff that you're going to be spending your time on. Don't worry too much about it. If you are worried about the price, as we always say, just fucking wait because it'll be half price in half a year and then you'll have a better version of it and you'll have paid less money and you won't feel as aggrieved or it'll land on a subscription service near you. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Services. and the key is in the name. They're mm. called a critic. So they're mm. there to pick out the things that are right and wrong. But mm. um, They're picking out all the right things of Prince of Persia, it seems. Didn't want to... <laughs> pick out anything wrong so are they not just advocates game advocates yeah some of them are anyway that'll do for this part of the podcast as usual we're going to transition into some game impressions uh, I'm going to stick to whatever order I put here you know when we started recording this so we've got Little Nightmares Complete Edition so this would be sort hmm. of part one because there's actually a Little Nightmares 2 Enhanced Edition that I played for as well which will be coming in a matter of weeks I would assume unless something goes terribly wrong with the recording so Little Nightmares I played through that this is all in preparation for the upcoming Little Nightmares 3 um, and I thought I'd go back to the beginning had it on PlayStation Plus but then I bought the Enhanced Edition for about 6 quid to get the DLC all this sort of garbage but long and short of it is You'll have me talking to you, giving my views on Little Nightmares Complete Edition. So stick around for that through this short transition. And as always, we will see you on the other side. Here we are then, back with some game impressions. To close out this edition of idle game chat got myself apps here and the resident referee logan who will be asking the poignant questions about little nightmares on playstation 5 originally a ps4 game mm. no native ps5 <laughs> edition in fact but they i think they did do one of those patches where it recognises you're on PS5 via backwards compat and goes, right, we'll boost that frame rate and whatever else we can be bothered. But <laughs> the game came out in 2017, so it's a bit of an old one. Yeah, um, yeah. That I've gone and delved back into. Anyway, we'll hand over to yourself to do the needful and we'll see what we can dig out about Ickle Nightmares. Oh, Ickle Nightmares Complete Edition, I should say, because I played the DLCs. There were three little add-on packs that came with it plus some like cosmetic to it but there was mm. like an actual expansion pass known as the secrets of the moor so that was included in my purchase that'd be the whole lot complete edition <laughs> a little brucey bonus included as part of that by the sounds of it mm. um so when you sent me this saying right review required of little nightmares my first response was why now oh that was the first thing i thought was why because <laughs> i knew it was a really i say an old game I, I mean we play things here when we want as we've discussed many a time but it it's just a random one i didn't expect to crop up and i had assumed that you had already played little nightmares mm. well that's the thing it should have already been played and it's sort of correcting just an old scab that I never got round to, to doing. 
I just right. sort of ignored it when it came out. And I did want to, I was like, oh, I'll play that at some point. Kept kicking mm. the can down the road. And then before you know it, half a decade's gone by and you're on the brink of the third one coming out. And you think, right, do I want to catch myself up? Because I knew they're, they're not particularly long games. Like this entire no. complete edition, including the expansions, took me, I think, seven hours. Main game took yeah. probably just over half of that. So they're not taxing mm. in that in, in that sense. And I had no real excuse not to have played them. It was just one of these yeah. moments where I was like, I've got a bit of runway, like a week or two. These mm. fit in perfectly to that because you can sort of hammer them out in two or three sessions, ideally. Mm. That's the that's the plan anyway. And then you're sort of done with them. You're like, well, let's gear ourselves up for Little Nightmares 3, which is inbound in 2024. So I've actually okay. played the second one as well. Worth noting that that's already been played as we record this. We'll be doing a follow-up for Little Nightmares 2 um, mm. to get those opinions but this is solely on that complete edition yes so i just before we did this i had to do a little refresh on it because i was like i keep getting confused between this and another one which is like in black and white and a little spider with a little thing that gets you yeah i can't remember what that oh, one's limbo. called yeah for some reason yes. i always get the two conflated and they're it's... they are two completely different games it's definitely you can tell they've looked at that and gone, hmm, let's just set it completely in like a horror genre and mm. use that as a, a target. Because Limbo, I've played that very, very good. Very much enjoyed that game. It's pretty old now, actually. Mm. And then Play Dead's follow-up, which was Inside, uh, mm. some would say even better. But this is from Tarsia Studios, who I must say I hadn't been familiar with before. Mm. And... Um, yeah, I, I immediately put the two and two together, and I think that's what hooked me. I was like, this is sort of like a Limbo horror type game. Limbo is pretty horrific, actually. It's not particularly yeah. roses. Unsettling. Yeah, and this was similar. So mm. I thought, well, you know what? Let's go for it. Let's, let's get this out of the way. We've got a couple of weeks, bit of runway. You can do worse than play little games like this, and I'll, I'll, I'll see where I end up with them. And yeah. uh, Little Nightmares Complete Edition was installed, and we went off and played it. So I've actually seen a little bit, I don't know if it was Little Nightmares or Little Nightmares 2 that I've seen, but I've seen a little bit of it streamed before. Mm. And it kind of piqued my interest a little bit because it's, as you say, a bit weird. It's a bit left field. It's a little bit different mm. to the run-of-the-mill game you'd play. So what what was it about Little Nightmares specifically that you're... What, what piqued your interest in this game? <clears throat> it's reviews or not or really? Because the reviews, I think, are like high seventies, which is no disaster, mm. but it's certainly not. Oh, I must go out and play this. It, it was more that I had played Limbo. I don't think I'd played Inside at the time. I'll check when that came mm. out, but I think that was after this. And this, just the setting, just the idea of perhaps something like this, but more horror just was enough really because mm. i do like these puzzle platformers mm. i'll say that's what's this 2016 apparently so actually yeah so so inside had been out as well at this time so i played limbo inside and then this seemed like a good follow-up but like i said mm. clearly something didn't connect overly because i didn't get round to it till six years later so it, it clearly didn't scratch the itch enough and um no. so they were always on the backlog for that reason or the or the, the old menu and I just thought these are mm. these have got to be worth a go. And really, what what made me do it this time, like this time, whilst we're recording this, was that they've announced the third, and I thought I could catch up here 
and it's going to be low effort really in terms of time. Mm. And if I like it, I'm sort of set up for when Little Nightmares 3 arrives in 2024. I can dive in with two feet, you know, perhaps the day one or if it's on a Game Pass or a PS Plus or whatever and and give it a go. Because the idea of it just spoke to me without even setting hands on the controller. I thought this looks Mm. like something I'm going to enjoy if I just sit down and make a a conscious effort to play it rather than going for all the, the blockbusters all the time. And uh, when we're yeah, in between, yeah. when you're in between releases, these are perfect little palate cleansers because they they don't either way they'll cleanse that palate in the right or the wrong way. Mm. Um, so yeah, this obviously for it's, it's a it's a horror ish game. I wouldn't say it's like I don't know from what I saw. I wouldn't say it's like jumpy horror. Although I think there is a bit of that that kind of goes on, but it's more just a, I, I don't know. I just found it sort of. Like all the visuals and the characters and that, just kind of a bit of an unsettling sort yeah. of look and feel to it. And um, <laughs> do you want to just give a an overview of the store page if you've got it up there? Yeah, to I've got it here. We got little yeah. nightmares. See if we actually see if we've got a. No, it doesn't. It lets you change editions sometimes, but it's this PS played it on PS5 as I said. But this is. Uh, what we got here? Game and legal info. Immerse yourself in little nightmares and confront your childhood fears. Help Six escape the moor, a vast, mysterious vessel inherited by corrupted souls looking for their next meal. As you progress on your journey, explore the most disturbing dull... As you progress on your journey... Explore the most disturbing dollhouse, offering a prison to escape from and a playground full of secrets to discover. I think they're trying to be clever with words there, and it's just coming out like a dog's dinner. I mean, I'm not the best at reading this stuff off. Should hire someone for this, but they're trying to be too cute with it there, I think. Reconnect with your inner child to 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 unleash your imagination and find the way out. I mean, that is some dross. A lot of the time, these things are just a load of word salad. Um, but it's always interesting to see how they... That's position just... the game because i thought it was kind of like an escape style game but i didn't yeah. know whether i just got the wrong well the wrong gist you're never inherently told anything it's one of these no. and this is in line with limbo and inside and these these kind of these puzzle platformers from a I mean, it's not even really a 2d game because you can actually scale up and down it's got some depth on some of the platforming but it's it's from that perspective a fixed sort of camera on the side mm. so it gives off that effect but as with limbo and as we've inside you're not told anything is there's very little there's no conventional storytelling there's no cutscenes. there's mm. i don't think there's any dialogue in it at all you're just kind of observing what's going on looking around at your surroundings you're aware that you're in a hostile area so the the idea of escaping absolutely is on your mind um i think that's quite handy just to have that set up because you don't need anything else than that really you just want to get out of there that's enough Sometimes that's enough. You just want to get out of this hellhole because you're aware that it's not particularly um, welcoming. It's not, it's not welcoming, and it's not a place it's, it's, to be. It's hostile. You get your mm. fucking guts ripped out. Well, you don't really get that, but you know what I'm saying. You end up dying and mm. and whatnot, and it's that's all you get. And as to what happens and what this place is, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't give you a, a clear answer. But that's the same for mm. definitely for inside, which kind of leaves certain elements up to the player to interpret and you know you can go and read a wikipedia page and find out the full click but i don't think that ever is spelled out 
quite as black and white as it's written down on a page. But yeah, there's mm. a the narrative is is one of those ones where it's a, a, observing only and experiencing kind of what's going on. And because it's set in horror, there's all sorts of weird shit going on. So none of it really makes any sense. And they can get away with with literal murder, I guess, in terms of what they've, what they've bung into it. I was going to say, you're, you're basically figuring it out, like, mm. real time. Um, yeah, and even... You're, the, you're, the character even and you. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you're not figuring much out either. You're just aware you need to get out of here. And then mm. just get away from these fucking goblins trying to grab you or whatever they're doing. Yeah, there's a lot of... And I guess you can probably go into some of this without... You know, you've always careful but um i don't think you really get much in the way of like weapons or there's like it's literally just a bigger way out move stuff around open a door like all that kind of good stuff right so there's that feeling of constant vulnerability i suppose that that is not constant vulnerability but a vulnerability that you're not uh able to take these guys on and obviously there's Mm. a lot of a lot of things that go on around that. But do you want to touch on the, the gameplay a bit and the things that you liked about about Little Nightmares? Yeah, I mean, the first thing as soon as I immediately booted it up was that it really does look pretty good, even all these years on. I mean, it's not, it's not over-egging what it's trying to do, but it gives... it's The atmosphere it's aiming for is definitely achieved. Mm. You can just wander around yeah, yeah. the very first levels and you're like, yeah, this is gloomy, this is haunting and they've they've done that part very very well mm. and that's not always diff- that's not always easy um i've certainly played more recent games that have lacked in my opinion a bit of atmosphere and this definitely has that so that's a that's a tick in the box there the general puzzles are decent i'd say for the most part now there's some parts of the dlc which i have some problems with and there are definitely the game it gets in its own way i'm struggling not to go down the negative path immediately here because the more i talk about it the more it's bringing back these memories but what i'll say is that the <clears throat> i enjoyed working through the puzzles and figuring out the solution what i did not enjoy was having to run back through the same room to redo a puzzle because i jumped slightly off kilter and missed the jump and died so the checkpointing for right. me throughout was a constant nuisance interesting and i don't know the point in making me spend time running into a room that's that takes 10 seconds to run through climbing up something and doing the jump again put me up where the jump is and if i keep blowing it that's my own problem but yeah 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 there's there's things like that 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 are a bit of a stinger but i like the puzzle solving part of it it's just that sometimes if you got it wrong and it ended in a, a high fall and you died you were shit out of luck there. I don't know if you remember that far changing tides that we uh, reviewed many, mm. many months ago. And it's a similar type of deal. It's a puzzle platformer, basically. That didn't, ha- that didn't have any fall damage at all or death from it. So if you fell off something, you just got back up there. Whereas this does, you sort of snap your legs and that's the end of it. So you've got that element. You've then got what are the obligatory sort of stealth sections where there are bigger enemies in the room getting on with their daily tasks and you've got to get from A to B. Sometimes you've got to get from A to B to get back to C, which is near A, like grabbing an object, grabbing a key. And that's usually under the guise of, of being stealthy. Like My hiding, favourite. Hide, yeah, you would love this. Hiding behind things, timing your 
particular runs and making mm-hmm. sure you're not spotted. And if you are spotted, there's very little room for recovery. Not that you can't, because I did a couple of times, but generally you mm. get seen, you're in absolute trouble. So that's another element they like to use. The best element for me are these, like what I would call a chase scene. So something will happen, it will trigger an enemy chasing you. And the idea is not to hide. The idea is to go from left to right, going through multiple rooms, jumping over things on the fly, grabbing onto things like... That's really Mm. dynamic and really exciting. The problem is there's very few of them in the game. And when you've got that level of strength sort of sitting there underutilised, that was um, something when I got to the back end, I was like, they definitely could have used more of that, less stealth and better checkpoints for absolutely but it's um it is what it is that's Just what the I question say. on that parallel between stealthing through and getting caught versus being chased like mm. is there a did you go into some rooms sometimes thinking do i need to be stealthy here or did you always approach it with stealth like are those transitions between chase and stealth obvious like with what he's expecting or sometimes you trying to stealth and think hang on a minute yeah am i, just, am I always going to get chased by this fella no, like, is there it, a bit of that or? It, it signals it quite well you in most mm. cases like if you come into a room and someone's already there dawdling around chances are it's not a chasing what what will typically mm. happen is you would have got past an enemy perhaps in a stealth section and then they'll come barreling through the door whilst you're just getting on with doing something else. And it's like, oh, shit, we've got to go. And the mm. camera will sort of pan out and it will slightly tilt, you know, looking towards the right-hand side, which is usually the direction you're heading. Mm. And you'll see objects sort of moving around. You're like, okay, I'll, I'll get what I've got to do here and I've got to get on with it quickly. So, yeah, that that I could see where that could be a bit of a blow. But fortunately, in this instance, they didn't fall down that trap. And it's quite clear when you're supposed to get your skates on and when doing that when in immediate death. Yeah, I, I assumed that they would do, but I can imagine that would be a frustration if you were, if you're like trying to stealth it, yeah, and then sort of like twenty minutes later you get through and they're chasing you anyway. You think, oh fucking hell, like yeah, there's there's none of that really. It's quite it's quite deliberate, and they separate those zones up so that you don't spend half hour like scrabbling for a room only to be seen anyway and it, and it triggers the mm. chase scene it'll always be a sort of separate room that you've gone in where you're on your own and they'll come in or something yeah. will, will trigger it in, in some way you think here we go coming yeah. to get me sort of thing you sort of sense it in your yeah in your soul you go saying it's too quiet in here something's coming yeah um, the, the problem with that stealth stuff is that it's just not very good i don't think like it never is, mate. It never is good. I've, I've, I don't care what people say. Wow. I mean, the the irritating thing was that I thought you could sit there for five minutes and watch the, the routine of what the enemies were doing, figure yeah. it out, I'll go, right, do that, do that. It doesn't. It's all based on where the player is. So <clears throat> say someone's doing something on the nearer you, like I was expecting them to walk up to the far end of the room, then I'd be able to sneak to the next bit, wait for them to come back and go past. They will not move until you move almost. They almost like have different routines that they will only kick in once you've gone far enough along the screen. Mm. I found that frustrating because that's just a bit of a that's just an artificial way of making them always in your grill. 
rather than yeah. it being a natural task that they're carrying out. It's like, no, the, the, the AI knows that I am now in this section, so therefore they're going to come wandering around this side of the table and be there and be a nuisance for you. Yeah. So that, and, and also the frustration of stealth is just, it, you know, at its kind of peak here because it's instant, it's almost instant death, whereas yeah. a typical survival and a horror game in particular, you'll have some level of escape. And obviously this has next to no combat in it. So it's, it puts itself in a, in a difficult position by utilizing that, but the alternative probably wasn't an option to them. So yeah, I sort of felt that like they could have done that better. And again, the checkpoints will come back to haunt you if you blow midway through those stealth sections. And again, you think, Oh, I've just, um, I'm getting tired of this and it's not even a long game. It is a it can be a tiresome routine to go through. So stealth sections could be improved and should be improved. And then the worst of all the sections, and again, there's only a handful of these. These are what I call thread the needle, all right? Where okay. you have to you have to direct your way through a very specific path because as I said it's not it's not complete 2D it's got some depth to it in a lot of the levels and if you go an inch too far you'll get snatched by an enemy if you go an inch too far this way you'll get snatched by an enemy which is fine in practice but on your 25th try you think what is going on why is it so particular about this give me some level of leeway and I got stuck on one of those sections and I was pulling my fucking hair out at it. Oh, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall for for that. I bet that was... I don't uh, know what this is offering. <laughs> In my head, I was thinking, we just had a great... We've had a couple of great chases. Why is this not a chase? Why is this not a run, a gauntlet, you know, mm-hmm. across and over? And it's like, no, this, the, the way to do it is to go very slowly and just make sure that you're pixel perfect almost. They They really... I think made that that particular part overzealous. I will pause there on the negativity and just say, I think a lot of the, the people's experience of this will be completely personal, because someone may well have got through that stage no problem at all. And also, and then on the flip side, there'll be people that got stuck on puzzles that I just figured out as soon as I walked in the room, and they'll mm. be sitting there pulling their hair out, going, "What does this game want me to do?" So, this these types of games more than than others have mm. a. I think everyone will have a unique perspective on it, depending on how far they got, where they got stuck, where the pain points were. And I will call that out just to defend it slightly. But I do think overall, execution-wise, it's lacking. And when I finished the core game, I was like, hmm, that weren't ideal. And I was like, I've got three DLC packs here to go. Can can this rectify it? And... Mm. Well, so when you say execution, like what would you say was the biggest frustration then? Like checkpoint in, or is it the puzzles? Was it that bit that you tried twenty five times? Like, or is it just a combination of those things together that it's the combination? Soured... It, I mean, it's, it sounds like it soured the experience. Yeah, it's the combination of those elements being on top of each other sometimes. Yeah, because the the bad checkpointing compounds a frustrating part of the game that you're stuck on immediately and a hard part of the game will will lead you to hit more difficult checkpoints because you'll be failing more so i mean you could you could tie it all back to the checkpoint because i feel like if the checkpoint was just a little bit more uh kind it would alleviate the stress because at that point i don't know why they these sort of things happen in games like what the obsession is of making 
a game which is supposed to be tension-filled and, and stressful at some point, but giving you putting you in situations where you could die a dozen times quite quickly, and then all the tension's gone at that point. It's replaced with frustration because yeah. you're redoing the same parts over and over. If it's a particularly long segment where it's multiple parts, and then you die on the third part out of four, and then you go back to the first part on a bad checkpoint, that just gets up your ass. I don't mm. know what the obsession is with making players sort of earn some of these sort of wins through the screens. It felt like sometimes they could have just put a checkpoint halfway through and it would have eased a lot of the burden. Mm. And it's always that question of, oh, don't you want games to play themselves? I was like, well, no, I don't want to play themselves, but I don't, equally, I don't want to have to be running through the same boring corridor just to I, redo a part, which yeah, is which is requiring yeah. a very specific input, and mm. then I'm dying immediately. Like, I want, yeah. Just put me at the input. I don't mind that. Yeah. Put me right at the beginning of that. Don't make me fucking pull a fucking chair up and drag that halfway across the screen, climb up, go across the table halfway, then hit yeah, the You just want to get bit. straight back into it, don't you? You yeah. want to go, fuck that up. I just want to... Yeah. I'll, I know what I'm doing. I just want to get straight back into it. And it just annoys you that you have to do the... Fucking setup. Fucking around and the setup to then think, I'm probably just going to fail this again. Yeah, that's and the it's thing. not even the fact that you have to do it twice. It's the knowledge that you think, I might have to do this 10 times. The, the, thing, the thing is with these, yeah. with, with Little Nightmares, because it's a puzzle platformer, you've always got in the back of your head, is this the right way even? Mm. Am I dying here all the time? Because actually there's a, there's a simpler solution that I've I've talked myself Missed. out of or not seen. Mm. So mm. you go through things a dozen times, you think there must be something else in the room. So you try, yeah. you, you then spend five, ten minutes fucking about of another chair halfway across the room and realise you, you can't do it. And then you're back to square one and I've got to run this fucking gauntlet again. It's not, it's, it's not ideal for anyone. Yeah, it's uh, it's like, I always think to boss fights, like I can't mm. remember a specific game, but it's always satisfying in boss fights and things like that where if you die, it puts you back really quickly and really close. Like yeah. it doesn't make you go through all the boss phases again and start from the beginning. Like, yeah, <clears throat> that pisses me off. Cause it's like, I've already done, I feel like I've already d- ticked the achievement box for it. I've done that hard part just because I haven't l- linked it all together. It doesn't mean I should get punished wow. and have to do it all together. Um, yeah. You just don't want that additional stress do you? But uh, is that, I mean, we've kind of blended what you like with what you didn't like. I guess there you yeah. liked the art style. You like the principle. Yeah. You didn't much care, or you, you felt like the execution soured that a bit. Is there anything specific that you wanted to mention? I guess that we haven't discussed about already before we yeah move the, it along. The free DLC packs. I will call out. Separately yes, sorry, that's probably where I won't be yeah. because it's got an opportunity to redeem itself here. Because what I liked about the DLC in general is that they're quite different from the main game. Like, the first DLC pack's got a lot of water-based puzzles and floating bits and pieces, which you don't see a great deal of in the main game. So Mm. I like that. The second one dives deeply in and has this sort of multi-room solution for one particular puzzle and gives you little partners to work alongside to help out and that's not in the main game at all so it's all introduced like, almost like new mechanics throughout it mm. so it's tracking really well i was like this is going to recover at this rate and then i hit the third dlc which is just the disgrace to humanity <laughs> and i was like <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing here hold on <laughs> 
So it went what good, do you mean? good, what great do you disgrace. Mean? It, Why would you mean a disgrace to humanity? In what just, ways? It's just a shit idea. What it tries to do is because it's the last one, it clearly thinks right. Let's make it. Let's let's ramp it up a bit, and you have things coming at you that you can you can get rid of by shining basically a torch on them. And rather than that being like a small part of the game, that becomes a big part of the game and it gets more and more of those little cunts fucking chasing you down. Then you've got to fucking open things whilst they're coming out of the woodwork and you're like, well, look, I see what you're trying to do. But also I did get really stuck on one puzzle and it was just, you know, that's just one of those things. I spent about an hour on this one puzzle and I was like, this is just toilet. So that really soured it as well. But generally, that last one just isn't very good. Mm. They try and... It, I think in an attempt to make it this all singing and dancing crescendo and, you know, ending to go off on, mm. they, again, just over get, overcook it. Heads up asses. Let's make this the bombastic finale that we want. And it's like, well, you didn't need to do that. You didn't want that. I quite enjoyed the pace of the first one and the second DLC, and you've then crapped all over it with the third one on a game that was already struggling. So you've kind of undone all the good work just there. Also, the DLC itself, I had more glitches than I did in the main game. St- stuck in a falling animation. Worse animation than the Division falling. They were like, st- I couldn't move. I had to reset the game. I had things disappearing. Um, I mentioned the second one, you kind of use the aid of other creatures around you to help you. Trying to get them to do what you need to do, like help you push something, for example. They're supposed to all come along and like, Two of them would do it, and the other one would just stand there, thumb up ass. <laughs> There's no way of communicating with these fucks. So it just started to grate on me. I was already in a bad mood. So it, it unfortunately it could have it could have recovered itself quite well, but that third one just completely unraveled for me. And that may well have been because I was at the end of my tether with it anyway. And knowing it was the final one, then getting just stuck on some puzzle, which again, completely personal, people will roar through that and go, what are you even getting snarled up about? But the thing, the, the, the trouble with puzzle games are that if the user doesn't understand what the parameters are, they're going to really struggle to get it, aren't they? If they think the combination yeah. is made of four items, it's actually made of five, you ain't ever <laughs> going to get close to doing it because there's no feedback that's I love what the way that I don't. I, I honestly, I don't even have to do anything at this point here. I just have to almost press the button and run. Is how I. Oh, I'll tell you another thing. So I mentioned about this torch yeah, that you <laughs> use to defend yourself and keep yeah. enemies at bay. I don't like the light. It's a classic sort of trope, isn't it? Yeah. Some bright spark. So you press circle to turn the torch on and off. Yeah. Fine. Some bright spark also decided that they would fucking map it to the R3 button being clicked in. Okay. So you use the R3 button to aim. I don't know about you, but I have a constant habit of when I'm aiming and trying to move, it will click it in by accident. <laughs> so that fucker went off every time, didn't it, when the pressure got on? <laughs> I'll tell you what, they knew that was fucking shit, because in the second one, it ain't mapped there anymore. Someone told them. It's a shit idea, isn't it? This this attach something that can turn on and off that will save your life to a, a fucking analog stick that you need to move around on. So the problem, I assume, was you were turning it off when it should have stayed on. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, for a long time, I couldn't even figure out what was happening. <laughs> I wondered with the torch again because it don't fucking tell you nothing. Is, is again, it running out of battery? Is it running out? But yeah, is it running out of battery? Have I got to hold? Yeah. Have I got to keep directing it on a certain? Can I let? 
No, and I figured it out that it was that just... In, I don't know, that's the problem I've always had with a lot of games. Anything mapped to that R3 will mm. inevitably get pressed at some point, but... I don't like those uh, no. buttons being there. I no, preferred I it when they were just analogs. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really work well for anything because um, it's like my car, right? It's got a switch. You, so you have to turn the switch on the same key, the same stalk as the indicator. Yeah. So every time I switch the indicator on, the lights yeah. come on. Because I'm... I, who thought of this? It's ridiculous. Multi-purpose, they say. No. It's nonsense because every time you fucking move the stick, you're either turning the light... And it, it's fine because if you turn him right, you turn the lights on. But if you turn no. left, you turn them off. And that ain't ideal in the dark. So no. what are we doing? So, yeah, I, I, I'm a firm believer that this multi-faceted thing doesn't work. And especially on gaming controllers, as you say. It's like the amount of times in Call of Duty I'd go to move and i think that's sometimes bound to like melee yeah so you like move to the right and you go like that to like knife someone and then you can't shoot them because yeah, you're in the middle of a that. knife animation so yeah. that is a particular bugbear of mine um specifically in gaming so i can understand why that was frustrating yeah. but again it's a shame because actually the dlc once it's all said and done ties nicely back into the main game gives mm. you a little bit more context and you know as a story package is probably is a nice compliment but it it just doesn't have a consistent enough positive the execution vibe. again. Again, it's it is the execution. It. It's just uh, yeah. it's sloppy. Like I said, in some aspects, it's like just fucking things disappearing randomly. I'm like, what the hell's happening here? Because the the main game's mm. clean as anything. I mean, it's not a yeah. lot going on either. <laughs> I mean to drag the game through the mud, but it ain't like a fucking open world, is it? I don't mean to, but I will. Well, I absolutely will saying, drag you it. That, how's that not getting picked up somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, it's... It um, does sound a bit odd. <clears throat> I was surprised, actually, that, the, that it's kind of been crapped on like this because I know wow. a lot of people were quite excited about Little Nightmares too. To some, It arrived to some, to some fanfare. This um, is Little Nightmares 1. No, 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 this is what I'm saying, but surely... If people are well, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it would have just died a death. Yeah, like if yeah. and they would have just been like, oh, how have they got another one of these? But it was like, oh, like everyone was a bit like little nightmares too. That's good. Yeah. Um. So that's why I referenced that because you know, I'm not saying it's a complete and abject utter failure, but no. I think it's fair to say that based yeah. on how this has gone, um, you didn't much enjoy it at the end of it. On reflection. I wanted to. There's no reason for me not to enjoy this until. No. You- get into the nuts and bolts of the game it just started to slowly but surely show its mm. ass too much and i was like i can't be dealing with this ass anymore mm. like that's fair it's a shame but it is what it is so is there anything else specific now we've absolutely crapped on that dlc that you'd like to to call out i mean you've touched on like technical problems but was that a theme, or were they just kind of like one-offs? No, they were one-offs, really. That was that was, and that was like I said, that was consigned to the DLC pack, the the three yeah. levels, and it was a bit of a strange one. Um, and to be honest, did they did they affect gameplay? Like, no, a cart suddenly popping in, I knew was there, wasn't really a problem. But the one that did annoy me was when I was trying to get those little fucks to help me, and they weren't. Yeah. So that then it's not was because you can't literally can't I, move God, on. Can he move it? No. And yeah. I was like, again, because you're not really. Nothing's really spelled out on how you interact with stuff. You just sort of try by, you know, experiment and you see what yeah. see what it works. And and mm. yeah, it just became a bit of a. F- and again, and I'm like, 
Am I missing something? Do I need to, mm. do I need another one of these little shit? I don't know. You sort of start mm. questioning how you've come to this point and what, what's been missing. And ultimately, it was just an input wasn't yeah. registering. Why? Like, like, what yeah. have I not done to not trigger this? Sure. Like, yeah. You can't be having that. Mm. Unacceptable. So if you're good, we'll we'll go to the gallery, shall we? Yep. Get this in that fucking gallery. Right. So. Obviously, we've mentioned it a few times already, but I don't know what order these come out in. Mm. It's an unknown. We never know. So, established ranking of bronze to platinum. That's We know yeah. that's there. Yeah. We've introduced the bin. Botchling bin. Call it? Botchling bin has been introduced in the past couple of these. That's where you where... put Wi-Fi Rush. Did I? Well, you didn't get a bronze, so automatically, you know, goes. I picked oh, it up from I outside. No, pick, I've picked it up no. from outside and put it in the botchling bin. Paper put How new Pokemon that? Snap in there by proxy. That's the sort of toot that's gone in there. Oh, get Unpacking last year. Hitman, well, Seven yeah. Deadly Sins DLC. More DLC heartache for me. Supraland. I put New World in there. Two Assassin's Creed Valhalla tutters in there. Middle Earth Shadow of War in there. These are sort of the, the, the sort of garbage that's gone in that bin. So that's now in play. So anything yeah. that doesn't get the, the minimum of a bronze awarded gets put in this bin for further reference. Mm. So could this be the first official use of the botchling bin? I think that's what I'm intrigued to understand. Um so does it get a bronze or higher, or does it? A difficult taskmaster sometimes, but you sometimes have to be fair to what is being achieved here. So, luckily for little nightmares, it gets the honour of being the first one to go in the botchling bin. Sick of it. I thought you were gonna, for some reason, after no. slagging it off for twenty minutes, then give it an award. I was like, well, no. Ain't getting nothing off me, unfortunately. More no. so that I feel like this something clearly there and. Mm. You, you execute that poor you execute that inconsistently on it on a short mm. game so if you spend an hour of the game pulling your air out and it's three and a half hours long that's a significant <laughs> chunk of the entire experience isn't it a third year experience soured in frustration yeah, yeah. So which you can't mm. accept really and it just needs to be cleaned up it's, some, it's clearly a good seed of an, an opportunity mm. to make something compelling but Little Nightmares mm. was not it unfortunately so so do you real... think do you think without giving anything away too much that that seed perhaps was planted for the next instalment well, if anyone's got this far I've got for a bloody one and a half, half hour podcast and 40 minutes of this and they deserve a an insight into where the next one and the sequel could go in my opinion well all I'll say is that it clearly planted enough of the seed for someone with money to bankroll the next one. Whether or not it's a good idea, they'll have to wait and... TBC, yeah. To, to listen to what my thoughts are on Little Nightmares 2. But mm. the only reason I even played Little Nightmares 2, in fact, after this, was because I'd already bought it. I'd already committed to it. The, the... Would you have not? There's a good chance I would have not bothered, I think. Would you have done for a bit, but that puts the whole scuppered plan for well, free I'd have what am I missing? If they're, both, if they're behaving like this, then what's the point? Like, if this is going to be more of this, then... We I don't to... want it. Well, exactly. <laughs> then that's what it came down to. But 
clearly someone felt like it made enough money to bankroll a second one and now bankroll a third one. So clearly it's 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 hitting for some people. Yeah. And they, uh, arguably there is something there. Like I said, you might get through the game and not have any problems because you now nailed... I would have problems. I well, always do. And I wouldn't complete it. I think no. that's what I would do. I'd get to it and go, this is bullshit and yeah. turn it off and not go back. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely going to be a lot of people but also mm. for those that got through it perhaps without problems or went into the mm. puzzles and had no problems didn't get stuck during the thread of the needle you know you you could mm. probably say to all those arguments that it's actually not a problem but most people will hit a wall at some point and depending on what type of wall you hit if you start dying you're then going to be punished further by having to redo just mundane toot just to get back to where you were and you know, he's, that's unforgivable, really. Yeah, it ain't fucking Elden Ring. So what you what are we doing? It certainly, ain't I think that. I think developers confuse like difficulty with. They think that if you make something difficult to execute in terms for the player and what inputs they've got to do, that it makes it somehow scarier. But like I said earlier, it just vacuums any fear out and replaces it with annoyance. At that point, well, you're not scared at it, all. It makes it even more annoying and frustrating because of the stakes, if you like. Yeah. Like, so it's like I've already got to contend with that. Don't make it unnecessarily more difficult than it has to be. Yeah. It is a tricky balancing act in these games to get mm. all of that level and and right. Um, and I think even some of the the better games at this sometimes get it a bit wrong. Yeah. But I think on the whole, if you, there'll always be some of these annoying bits in these types of games where it's just tipping you over that edge of what's like a bordering frustration, but it's getting that balance right and not overburdening it. As you said, if you're stuck on a puzzle for a third of the time you spend in the game, like that's going to override the experience, right? Yeah. And fair enough to do so. Yeah. It's just, and again... Perhaps, perhaps if I just got through that puzzle, and then but you didn't. There. But I didn't, that's, and that's that's, not that's the, the reality it of it. Okay. And if you didn't, the, I always like to think if I'm struggling, I ain't the only one. No, like yeah. I like to. I think if I've like to think I've got a reasonable brain that can. That, and the thing is, the game also I think has a part to play with these puzzles, right? Because as you go through and you go through the game, it should say and set the seed of this is how the puzzles work and this is how you solve them. And it gradually should move them up in difficulty, but it can't just introduce a mechanic or do something out of nowhere where yeah. you've never... It's like that Division 2 where you play and all of a sudden it expects you to do something that it's never, ever expected you to do before. And you yeah. go, well, it wasn't even in my train of thought because in the previous 30 hours you've not asked me to do this. So no, not doing a fucking Zelda shrine. So what's that doing in there? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, yeah, it is what it is, and it's a blow for me. So, the botchling bin for little nightmares. Teach it a lesson. Anyway. Rightly so. Close down this particular edition of Idle Game Chat. Little Nightmares earns itself a place in the coveted botchling bin. Nothing more for us to say other than thanks for your time and ta da. <laughs>
This was a Dimp Digital production.